Good morning, friend. I hope you're doing well. It is, actually, it's Monday morning, uh, 20th of February, 2023. You're going to hear this on Tuesday. Tata is out of town. He is visiting his daughter, Jessica, Lisa's sister, um, and the kids in San Antonio for a little bit while the weather has been so atrocious here in North Platte. And so um, we're not going to have Tuesdays with Tata, but today, or actually, you're going to hear this on Tuesday, so I'm going to talk about it like it's Tuesday, okay? So today is what we call Fat Tuesday. The, the people who celebrate um, Lent traditionally have had the, the, you know, the Mardi Gras celebration, and the night before Ash Wednesday is the, the last day that you can, you know, live it up if you're that type of person um, before Lent starts. And, of course, we're not Catholic, and we weren't raised in a Lenten tradition, and you don't have to be Catholic to to follow a Lenten tradition, of course, but we didn't never had that training growing up of what is Lent all about and what does it mean and what do we do for Lent and all those things. And so for us, it was just a non-event. We had Easter, of course, but we never did Lent. Well, a few years ago, I ran across a little book by my friend John Swanson called Lent for Non-Lent People. And because I'm a person who, once I trust you, if you're a writer or um, if you put stuff out there that I find valuable, once I trust you, like I trust John, then if you say something or write something, I'm going to pay attention to it. So John released this book, Lent for Non-Lent People, and it really kind of it really kind of clarified for me what the power and importance of this time is. Now, we've been talking since way back in November, okay? We started this idea of New Thing November, and we talked about Isaiah 43, where God says, forget the former things. I'm doing a new thing. It's time for, for you to allow me to make streams in the wilderness, to make a, a way where there is no way, to, to do something new for you. And we came upon this idea that in order for God to do something new, we had to get rid of something old, something that was holding us back. And we talked about dry December, about drying up. Like, let that wilderness, let that ground dry up that you've been watering, that ha- hasn't been producing crops that are beneficial to you or helpful in your mission or helpful in conforming you to Christ or helpful in getting your brain under control, any of those things. We've been talking about that since November and December. And then January, we wanted to do this sort of jumpstart, this new idea where we're getting into January and we're letting God run with that idea that if we get out of his way and Hebrews 12, you know, cast off everything that's holding us back and the sin that so easily entangles, and we get all that out. And we did the 21 days of prayer and fasting with our church in, in Alabama. And we just realized that, that it's time, friend. God wants to give you the year of his favor, okay? And a favor doesn't, I'm not talking about prosperity. I'm not saying he wants to give you $100 million. He might, but that's not what the point is. The point is God has a plan for you. I, you know, Jeremiah 29, I've got a plan for you to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope and a future, to help you find me while I may be found. Like He, he longs to be gracious to you, friend. And the question is, Are you willing to do what you need to do to put yourself in the position for him to be able to do what he already told you that he wants to do in your life? And so Lent really is this idea of saying, hey, we're going to prepare ourselves for the Lord, our Lord, who did this great sacrifice on our behalf, who had the power to come up out of the grave and leave our sins behind. We want to align ourselves with his mission and his vision and his plan and his purpose for our life. And Lent's just a time of kind of resetting to get some stuff out of your way, to formalize the stuff we've already been talking about since November and December and January and, and prayer and fasting and all that. Lent is a time 
for you to get something out of your way. And so today we're going to just talk a little bit about John Swanson's book, a little bit about um, just a tiny habit that you could get into for Lent that you could join me and Lisa and, and the things that we're going to be doing. Maybe uh, reframe the idea. Of, you know, everybody has this idea of Lent is giving up something, um, gi- giving up something that you want so that you can focus on something that he wants. And that makes sense, but it's more than that. It's deeper than that, and it actually is a way to for you to get up into a new place in your life by giving up something that is not necessarily a bad thing, but something that's holding you back in some way, okay? So today we're going to talk about the idea of getting up by giving up, give up to get up. We're going to change our minds, and we're going to change our lives. We're going to start today, but Lent starts on Wednesday, which is tomorrow when you hear this, and we're going to get after it. Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. That place is called self-brain surgery. You can learn it and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. And the good news is you can start today. Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery to get it done if you'd like the show. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. All right, here we go. So John Swanson's little book, you can actually get it for free. If you have Amazon Prime, you can get it on Kindle Unlimited for $0. Um, I think it's a dollar or two if you buy it normally. But go out to Amazon, John Swanson, J-O-N, Swanson. I'll put a link in the show note. And get that little book, Lent for Non-Lent People. You can read it in a couple of hours. But it really kind of serves as almost a daily reading for the 47 days of Lent. Now, if you've never done Lent, I never tried to keep this up. It's just an old word um, that sort of is an idea of, of giving something up, of sort of getting something out of your way as a way to honor God and as a way to get closer to Him. There's one thing that's true in our world right now is we're full of distractions, okay? You can't go a day almost without wondering how much time you spent on Instagram or scrolling through Facebook being encountered with noise. It's just so hard in our world today to find time to be quiet. So Lent is this this idea that we're going to focus our attention on something holy and focus our attention on getting something out of our way so that we can spend more time with something that needs to be in our way in a different way than it has been before. Does that make sense? I'm certain that you have something in your life that you would like to be more diligent about, more holy about, more intentional about, more more that involves more preparation than just mindless scrolling through internet. Or as one person said, I'd like to somebody I love said, I want to give up self loathing for Lent. I want to give up this idea of how much time do we spend a day beating ourselves up over things. And for that 
47 days maybe, just spend that time instead to do a little self-brain surgery and get that thought switched out for some other thought. Like instead of self-loathing, think about all the different ways that he loves you and he has given himself up for you and he's done something on your behalf. Does that make sense? John Swanson had one great idea. Like if you aren't a Lent person and you don't know what to do, maybe a simple thing could just be get a piece of paper and write 47 boxes on it, number 1 through 47, and tape it to your computer or to your wall or put it on your bedstand or on your mirror or on the dashboard of your car. And every day, scratch one of those numbers off. And just for that second that it takes you to scratch that number off, say, God, give me something new today. Give me some insight. Give me this moment, this tiny little moment that I'm in right now and be with me and give me a way to change my mind about my day that I'm about to engage in. Or my day that I just completed. Like maybe that's it. Maybe it's 30 seconds that you intentionally spend a second acknowledging him and what he's done for you. Maybe that's all you can do. Maybe that's, maybe you're sick or you're tired or you're broken or you're hurting and you don't have a lot of juice or a lot of resources or you don't have any habits to give up. Maybe, maybe you have nothing else except those 47 scratched out numbers on the piece of paper, but that's the time you could donate and give to him instead of giving to something else. And when you get to 47, that's it. It's it's Easter, and you've completed Lent. How about that? If you want to do more than that, John says there's a whole bunch of stuff in the book that you can do. And this isn't about being a legalist, okay? And I grew up in a, a... sort of group of folks that were all about sort of keeping rules and and doing this this way and did you know comparing each other to other people and i'm sure glad we're not like those guys who do these things that we don't do and and, and that can turn real easily and i'm not saying everybody was but it's an easy way to turn into a, a a religion that's about box checking and comparison and not about the heart and unfortunately that's the problem with even in the old testament and in the new testament that's the problem with religious people when they create rituals instead of routines or they make routines out of rituals and they take things like the Sabbath day and instead of being a day off where they're supposed to rest and reconnect with God they turn it into this whole system of rule keeping and checking on each other and, and, and their hearts get all messed up about are they keeping it right instead of keeping it for the purpose that they're trying to get from it or the gift that they're trying to give God from it or the clarity that they're seeking from it right Turn it into ritual, and it becomes just another set of things you can check off. And that's not what we're after. So John says he gives us 33 things in a list of things that you could give up for Lent. If you have this idea that by giving something up, he can help you get up to the place where he wants you to be, closer to him, more in tune with your spirit, have a better relationship with your family, have whatever it is in your life that needs to change. I'm just asking you, what would happen if you gave these 47 days and just tried a little bit harder and did that thing every day? What would happen? What would happen? You won't know unless you do it. Just like you don't know what happens with fasting unless you do it. You don't know what happens if you get that thing out of your way that that you've been holding on so tightly to so he can give you something he wants to give you better. You won't know unless you try. So John says, here's 33 things. Give up first place in line. So there's some people who always want to go first. Well, maybe for 47 days, you hold the door and let somebody else go first. Maybe the last piece of pie. Maybe you're the person who always grabs the last one, always finishes something off. Well, maybe let it lie and let somebody else have it. Second thoughts about commitment. So you say yes to something and for 47 days, you just do it. 
You learn how to say no to things so you can say yes to other things. And for 47 days, you focus hard on not giving up and not changing and not quitting when you say you're going to do something, right? So maybe for 47 days, you just follow through. Maybe it's that simple. Ever thought about that? John has a whole list of these 33 things. The last word, a fifth of something. So maybe you, if you're going to eat something, you cut a fifth of it off and, and, and don't eat it. Maybe you give up a fifth of alcohol that you drink every day. I hope you don't drink a fifth of alcohol every day. But if you do, we need a different podcast for you so you can get some help. <laughs> maybe give up a specific thing that you love to do or have every day. Maybe give up 40 cents a day so you can donate it to one of those websites where they build wells and water in Africa so kids can have water. Maybe that's $12 a month you can give up. Maybe the time that you spend on Twitter or Instagram for three minutes or five minutes or 10 minutes or 30 minutes, maybe you give that up every day. There's just a lot of little simple things that John puts in this list. And it's worth, it's worth it. The first 15 parking places closest to the door so you walk a little bit farther and somebody else can park closer. A second glance at somebody at work that you know you shouldn't take that second glance at. A text message that you normally send in response to a way that somebody makes you feel and you don't instead. Right? Maybe an extra coat in your closet you can donate to Goodwill and you can find something every every day for 47 days that you can get rid of that will not only help you be a more giving, generous person, but also maybe declutter your home and make you less attached to possessions a little bit. Right? Though all these little things that John says, maybe that's your limit. Maybe it's not dietary restrictions or something like that. Maybe it's it's noise. Maybe it's clutter. Maybe it's prayer time. Whatever it is, I want you just to think about this and make an intention, okay? And I want you to see what happens. So John says, think about the Ten Commandments, right? There's lots of them we think we keep. We don't murder people. We don't commit adultery. We don't, you know, steal. We don't dishonor our mother and father. But do you keep the Sabbath? It says, well, that's an Old Testament idea. Well, the idea is God says you need to rest and you need to recreate yourself. So if you choose not to do that one, how many of the other Ten Commandments do you choose not to keep, Right? just a point that John makes like it was not a suggestion that we Sabbath it was a commandment and it was for our good because God knows we work too much we have a tendency to ritualize our lives and and we fall into ruts and we just burn ourselves out and we don't take time to recreate and refresh and reconnect and get back up we don't rest enough okay so maybe for 47 days you say I'm going to actually just try to keep God's word more closely in my life and he makes a good point like if you say I'm giving up chocolate because chocolate is want my indulgence, that's fine. But get it out of your house. And if you fail, don't blame the devil for it. Blame the fact that you didn't clear it out of your house. Blame the fact that you didn't prepare your heart purposefully, that you didn't honor your commitment. Don't blame the devil for something you can control. So if you have a problem and you think it's going to be hard to keep something for 47 days because it's easy for you to accessible, maybe you delete that app instead. Maybe you you know, disable some channels on your television. Maybe you take the power cord off your TV and you put it in your office and not in your house so you can't fall into the habit of turning it back on. Whatever it is, the point is just to be intentional and follow through. As Selena Samuel, the Peloton instructor that we like, she says, set your intention and follow through. That's how you keep up with an exercise program and it's how you keep up with Lynn. You put those 47 squares in front of you so you have to react to them and deal with them every day and make sure 
that if you're going to set this commitment that you really follow through this time, it'll build dopamine and serotonin in your brain. It will help you. It'll help you get healthier and better and stronger. But it'll also commit you to something that you pay off at the end and, and, and you build yourself a reward of having actually accomplished something and that will make you proud. It'll reduce self-loathing and it'll connect you more closely to your own self and to your maker and probably to your family. And it's a big deal. So setting an intention and following through turns out to be a big thing. Okay. Now I just want to give you a, a little idea. Okay. This is something I'm going to do. It's something I'm going to do. There's, there's three pictures of Jesus in my office. Okay. I'm not a person who like, you know, worships icons or anything like that, but I've got three pictures of Jesus and there are three different perspectives and they help me focus my prayer time. One of them, my favorite one is, well, it's not really my favorite, but it's the one I find myself drawn to is this picture that Jeff Nelson, my old friend, the worship leader and Lisa's old friend who used to be our worship pastor in San Antonio gave me this picture of Jesus laughing. It's just this beautiful pencil and ink drawing or pencil drawing that somebody did of Jesus laughing. It's called, no surprise, Jesus laughing. And he's just got this best, the best look on his face. And you, and he's the guy that the kids would want to come and sit on the lap of. And he's just engaging and magnetic and laughing. And you just want to spend time with a guy like that, right? And so to me, that's John ten ten. He says, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. You might have a, a free, abundant, happy, healthy life. I want to spend time with him. That one's easy, okay? It's easy to talk to that Jesus. Jesus, give me that. I want to, I want to laugh. I want to be happy. I want to feel peace again, right? That's easy. The harder one is to my right. So the laughing Jesus is off to my left. I can see him. He's over there. But on either side of him are pictures of Mitch um, that is in this little alcove on the wall of the office. And then I've got a picture of Lisa across from me that I can see that Darren Legallo, our friend, painted. And then to my right, I've got this picture of Jesus that Lisa did. It's, uh, Lisa gave to me as a gift. It's about, I think maybe four by six feet. It's really large. It fills up most of that wall between the two windows. And Jesus is walking away, and he's he's wearing a robe, and, and his hand is hanging down to his side, his right hand. And you can see that the, the hand has been pierced. So this is post-resurrection Jesus. And the interesting thing about this picture is he's got the wound so he rose up from the dead and he paid for our sins and he was he was resurrected but he came back with his wounds we know that from the story of thomas doubting thomas right so so jesus reminds us here that we we don't get to go through life unwounded and we don't get to have all of our wounds and all of our scars and everything just taken away god doesn't work like that so there's going to be some massive thing in your life and and jesus is saying if you want to be with me you've you're going to have some wounds. And so there's the Matthew 16, 24, and 26 Jesus. Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? So so that Jesus, laughing Jesus is easy, right? He's, he comes to give us life in abundance. This Jesus is reminding us, if you want to come, if you want to walk my path, you want to be like me, you're going to have some wounds, dude. You're going to carry some scars. It's going to hurt, and you're going to have to sacrifice some things for me. Don't don't forget, all the apostles went through some really hard stuff, and every one of them except John was martyred for their faith, right? So following Jesus is not an easy or necessarily safe path. And it's certainly not a health and wealth gospel, name it and claim it. I'm going to give you everything you asked me for. That's not what Jesus is. 
And so that picture reminds me to pray to help me howl up during the hard times, to help me bear the wounds with honor, to help me carry these scars, these massive things, losing a son and going to war and losing, you know, losing and having pain and grief. Those are parts of my story that I now have to give to him in order for him to redeem them so I can help other people find their way down that path. Because following that path, yes, it's hard, and yes, there are wounds, and yes, there are difficulties, but it leads to the hope of something better in the future. And following him turns out to be the only way to find that hope, in my opinion. So those are two ways to pray. And every day for the next 47 days, I'm going to consciously spend those first few moments of my day praying these prayers. I want the laughing, abundant Jesus. I want that. He promised me I could have it, but I also know I've got to follow this path. And the third one is off to my right. The artist Akiyote, uh, little girl, when she, when she painted this picture of Jesus and he's looking right at you and his eyes are so piercing and he's just staring right into you. And what he's saying is to me that the prayer that David said in Psalm 139, this is the Jesus that you have to deal with because Psalm 139, 23 and 24 says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I can look him in the eye and I can pray, search me and see if there's something in me that needs to be squared away. Search my anxious thoughts. Strip them away. Help me to to trust you, to follow you. I'm going to tell you, you look Jesus in the eye and you pray a prayer like that, friend. I'm not talking about the picture, okay? I'm talking about you don't have to have the picture on your wall to do this. I'm talking about... What's going to happen in your spirit if you say, search me, God, test me, know me, clear me out, okay? So for 47 days, starting tomorrow, I'm going to pray that prayer for a couple of minutes every morning. I'm going to look at each of these three Jesuses. It's the same one, by the way. It's not These are not little statues that have individual personalities. This is three aspects of Jesus that come from Scripture that you can Check out John ten ten, Matthew sixteen twenty four, and Psalm one hundred three. I'm sorry, one thirty nine twenty three and twenty four, and spend some time and talk about those aspects of what He wants for you in your life. And if you did that for forty seven days, I guarantee you, some chains would start falling off of you, and some stuff would start. You would start admitting some things to yourself, and you would start getting up out of a hole that you're in. There's some tremendous benefit, friend. Some tremendous benefit of spending time and being honest with yourself in front of him. And that's what Lent really is about. It's it's about clearing some stuff out. It's about getting some stuff out of your way. It's about setting intention and following through. It's not about guilt and rules and did you did you keep this thing that you said you were going to do and did you, you know, knuckle down and give up something that was hard for you? And by the way, Lent's also not a time to give up something that you already shouldn't be doing. So it's not a time to put your affair on pause. It's not a time to stop drinking three bottles of wine every night. Now, those are things you should do, but that's not what Lent is, okay? Lent's not saying, I'm going to take this sinful behavior that I've been engaging in and I'm going to give it to God for 47 days and then I'm going to do it again. That's not that's not the point. So don't do that, okay? It's taking something that's even a good thing maybe, something that's become a ritual or a routine for you to the point that you spend time doing it and don't think about it that keeps you from doing something else that would be better for you. So it's it's the same thing we talked about in November. It's drying something up so he can water and fertilize and grow and develop something better. It's, it's getting something out of your way because it's hindering you or it's keeping you from fully focusing on something that's better. 
Okay. And I want to tell you what the best thing is. Psalm 103, the first, uh, 2, 3, 4, and 5 tells us what the benefits of a life pursuing Jesus are. And there's at least five of them, and they're listed right here. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He forgives your sins and heals your diseases and redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion and satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. These are the five, at least five benefits of this life that we're going to pursue hard for the next 47 days. And I hope you join us. Praise the Lord on my soul and forget not his benefits. He forgives your sins and heals your diseases and redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion and satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Listen, we want to get up out of our despair. We want to get up out of self-loathing, get up out of over-dependence on social media or over-distraction with things that are just taking our time but aren't adding any value to our life. Maybe maybe it's 47 days of having a five-minute conversation with your spouse and just saying, hey, we're going to block everything out for the next five minutes. We are going to get down to business and talk to each other. Maybe it's a walk. Maybe it's getting rid of something, some habit that's, that's been just a, a force in your life for for staying still and you need to move. Right? Maybe it's to focus on implementing the treatment plan, prehabbing your heart to prepare for the massive thing, and doing self brain surgery to, to think about your thinking and changing some of those thought patterns for the next 47 days and being diligent to say, I'm going to break this cycle of beating myself up or letting my, my negative thoughts run amok in my brain or letting myself react from my limbic system when God wants me to switch trains and use my frontal lobes. Maybe it's that. Or maybe it's just checking off a square and spending 10 seconds. Maybe that's all you got. But it's 47 days of being intentional and trying to reap those benefits. I praise the Lord my soul and forget not his benefits. I forgive my sins, Jesus. Heal my diseases. Redeem me from the pit. Crown me with love and compassion. Satisfy my desires with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. It's 47 days of swapping this for that when that is the thing that will really satisfy us, that will really help us. John talked about that uh, when he talked about Isaiah. He was talking about what God said. We, we, ch- we chase after the wrong stuff. God said to Isaiah in fifty five twenty eight, Why spend money on what is not bread and labor on what does not satisfy? Listen to me and eat what is good, and your soul will delight in the richest of fare, Isaiah fifty five twenty eight. And that reminds me of Psalm thirty four when he says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. So this is not an idea of of sort of making yourself poor and starved and humble and beating yourself up and pouring ashes all over yourself. It's not that. It's a time to get give something up so you can get up into the stuff that really makes you come alive, that really aligns you with Him, that really puts you on that road with your wounds, but walking towards hope with him that really looks in his eyes and asks him to search you and know you and what you find is that you're getting closer to who he wants you to be so that you can sit in his lap and laugh and live abundantly with him that's what it's about i'm gonna play tommy walker's song get up it's one of my favorite songs from the book of john album and it's just about hey you can get up when jesus said hey cast aside that mat and get up and walk man you can do it too And for 47 days, we are going to get up out of some things that have been holding us back so we can get up 
out of that pit to where he wants us to be. And yes, there are wounds, and yes, there are difficulties, and yes, sometimes he's going to make you uncomfortable and ask you hard questions of yourself. But yes, you can laugh, and you can learn to smile again. And friend, you can start today. I just want to encourage somebody today. If you know that God has been good to you, you ought to put a smile on your face. God is telling somebody right now, get up. Get up out of that situation. Listen. Get up. Pick up the man and walk. Mm, get up. Now is the time to move on. Get up. Healer, he is now.
Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together via self-brain surgery, drleewarren.substack.com. And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at wleewarrenmd.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at tommywalkerministries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them, tommywalkerministries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day.